Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So we're going to sit down and record a, a solo podcast here. Just got done with this Montana moose hunt. Uh, I've had a bunch of other great hunts um, that I'd love to talk about. What I've learned this season, things I've done wrong, uh, ways I can improve, things I've done right. <laughs> so uh, we'll get into it. You know, I also have some rutting mule deer hunts coming up. So we'll try to cover some rutting mule deer tactics. And uh, should make for a good podcast. So we'll get right into it. Just want to thank a couple of my sponsors. want to thank Sig Sauer Optics. So impressed by Sig Sauer Optics. Those image stabilizing binos are an absolute game changer. I think it's one of the best innovations to hit the hunting industry in the last 10 years. I use their 10 by 32s on my chest. Keep the 16 by 45s in my pack. They're super lightweight and you hit a windy ridge and you click the button and it's just this stable image. And so you're able to pick apart country better. It's like glassing off a, a tripoded binos, but everywhere you look, everywhere you go, even handheld. Uh, so just an amazing item. You guys can check those out. Uh, they also have some new sets that are going to be coming out of the 10 buys. The uh, 15s, are, they're actually 16 buys, and then um, they're also going to have some brand new 20s I'm really excited about. Uh, they also carry the best rangefinders in the business, same readings on light and dark targets, powerful laser to shoot through grass. Uh, I really like best target priority mode on them. Uh, great in low light, uh, just super optics. And I like their standard binoculars as well. I uh, use their 15s. It's just got a, a high-quality glass in them, uh, great low-light capabilities, and tripoded up. You can just pick country apart with those things. So I use those as well. Also use their spotting scope. They've got an 80 mil objective lens, captures a bunch of light. But just a, a great optics uh, all the way through all their product lines, great scopes for your rifle. If you're in the market for some new glass, make sure to go check out Six Sour. They're doing amazing things. I also want to thank Cutter St Stabilizers. My buddy Earl Stroll started this business and um, uh, really fills a niche in the in the bow hunting industry. So these stabilizers, they're a game changer for shooting and accuracy. And I took a page out of the tournament archers and the uh, the indoor and outdoor shooters years ago, you know, using a, a longer stabilizer and using a sidebar. And the farther you get the weight away from you, the more stable it is. It slows down the aiming process. So these stabilizers are awesome. I can add one ounce weights and really play with my setup. So uh, out front, I'm running uh, six ounces. In the back, I'm running 10 ounces. And you can change that uh, for your hold on the target and also for the reaction of your bow. And so it really lets you fine-tune your setup. Uh, cutter stabilizers are carbon fiber. Uh, Earl has great connections, so they're going to last uh, the test of time. And believe me, I've tested them over the last handful of years, taken them on some brutal hunts, uh, flipped over top my motorbike, you name, name it. I've um, put them through the ringer. But um, just great stabilizers and really helps with shooting and improved accuracy, and I, I'm just huge proponent of using these stabilizers. So in this off-season, uh, make sure to check them out, guys. I'm using a, a 15 out front, and I'm using a 12 out back off the sidebar. They also have great brackets. They have their own weights. Uh, it's a, a small startup company from Earl, but he's worked tirelessly to build the best stabilizers on the market. So uh, make sure to check them out over at Cutter. I also want to thank Black Ovis. I uh, just got done using these Black Ovis bags for my moose. 
I'm so impressed by their name brand, Black Ovis. Looks like they have real quality gear. Uh, it's an internet retail site and uh, also really impressed by their site and their offerings. You know, all the top name brands as well as uh, their own brand. Uh, the guys are hunters themselves in there. Uh, just great products. If you're in the market for anything for a hunt coming up, uh, make sure to go check them out. Uh, they've got a great offering of all the top stuff. And then they have a, a point system too where you get a point for purchases or for reviews and one point equals one dollar. So you can use that for future pur uh, purchases. And then um, also uh, we have a deal where you can save 10%. So put in the promo code Eastman's 10 and that'll save you 10% off your purchase. Also, make sure to check out Camo Fire. Camo Fire has got 80 brand new hunting deals that come up every 24 hours. Uh, they have some some great brands, and um, man, you can really save a pile of money if you watch those deals come up, and um, and, and great quality gear as well. So uh, make sure to check them out at Camo Fire. And with that, now let's get into this thing. Oh, moose season. Wow. Um, what a challenge. Uh, out of the big three tags that I can draw here in Montana, which is moose, sheep, and goat, I've always been a touch worried about moose and um, have known that it could be a difficult hunt to run into a mature bull. So as I think about this mountain range, which is just an awesome mountain range to hunt, it's the Gravelies and West Fork, which is close to my house, which has special meaning as well, as I've been traveling those mountains for years, uh, looking for deer and elk and uh, dissecting that mountain range and vantage points. And it was wild to start thinking about it different for moose. Uh, thinking about bottoms and travel corridors, uh, thinking about different vantage points. And, um, man, I was in for it this year. So uh, I started hunting uh, moose, and I didn't see a moose for uh, about the first eight or ten days. It was um, summer routine. It opened September 15th. I wasn't seeing any rut action. Bulls were hanging together. Well, I wouldn't know that because I couldn't find any, but the ones that my buddies saw or ones that I heard about uh, were running together, bulls running together. So um, it started out tough and um, just kept theorizing and, and um, kept putting in the time and kept going like every free morning, every free evening, every free weekend. Yeah, I really wanted to kill a moose without getting divorced or, you know, like uh, not supporting my kids, which I, I made it through. It was uh, it was nip and tuck or, you know, I had a bunch of family support, but uh, it it um, it was difficult. It just took a lot of time. So um, started off the season and then um, couldn't help myself around uh, September. You know, I, I really wanted to hunt moose hard and give it my all for this hunt, but it was a long season. It goes all the way from September 15th to the end of November, so I knew I had time on my side, and I just didn't want to miss out on, on other hunts that I I love with every fiber of my being. Like uh, elk hunting is just so thrilling and so fun, and, and um, so I wanted to make sure I took part in that. And, um, you know, also muley hunting, I, I did um, a couple hunts before the moose season opened. And, um, so I didn't want to miss out on that. And also like, um, I have some rut hunts coming up here. In fact, I, I leave today. I'm going to record this podcast. It's early in the morning now, and then I'm going to get on the road and, um, going to go do a, a two state tour, uh, with my bow and, um, 
see if I can I can harvest a mule or two. So um, super stoked at that. But you know, I didn't I didn't want to miss out on these other hunts. Uh, wanted to give it full effort. It is like a once in a lifetime here. They you can it's a seven year wait after you draw, but it took me twenty two years to draw. So um, the odds aren't looking good. I mean, maybe I'll get one in the next thirty years, or maybe not. And and I could get lucky and draw another Shiras, but I really felt like this was my chance at a Shiras moose and. Um, you know, I didn't want to just kill a bull. I wanted a good representation of the species, good paddles, and didn't have to be a world record, but just something that I was happy with. And so I started off and, um, man, I could not find a moose to save my life. Um, they're just, um, we didn't have the weather to push them down to the bottoms this year. And, and also we had good high country feed that stayed good throughout the season. And so, these moose were just staying up high, didn't have the weather to push them down. And uh, they were living in a lot of this timber up top, which were just hard to come up with. And I used like different tactics from uh, glassing from master vantage points. And then I would also uh, still hunt through country, through ridge lines, through bottoms, through moose looking country. And then I would also drive roads and look and these moose were really active in the mornings and then not so active for the rest of the day. And so like I had this master vantage point, the one day I saw 13 moose on this one hillside or yeah, it was one hillside. It was one day, 13 moose on this hillside, but they'd be visible for, you know, a half an hour in the morning, maybe the first half an hour of light. And then they disappear in the timber and you wouldn't see them again all day long. And so I'd have to go still hunt up through there. So I came up with some really good hunts that I'd that I'd hunt through, and I I learned a lot this year. You know, also about elk and deer. You know, the best time to scout for a season is during that season, and so to be able to look for elk during September and October, to be able to to look for deer in this early season, uh, it'll really give me a leg up for future years as well. Uh, just learning new locations, new vantage points. And so, you know, not only did I learn a lot about hunting moose, I learned a lot about hunting deer and hunting elk. And um, so the first first days turned out rough. And um, so I, I, I switched gears and started hunting elk. The elk were so good. I had a cameraman here for a while, and um, we just couldn't turn up a moose no matter what we did. And so uh, I started hunting the elk. The elk were so good. And, man, did I uh, have a great elk season. Just chased some great bulls, chased some bugles, learned a ton, arrowed a great bull in the end. Um, yeah, it was amazing. But then I had to switch gears and, and really start to focus on this moose. And I, I figured October was my month to kill them. Uh, they start rutting in October. They would start moving more country. And they did. I started having more sightings. You know, and I also... Like I got a lot of help from from buddies, you know, buddies that were out hunting that unit. If they saw a bull, they'd let me know. And a, a lot of times, moose moose hunting's difficult. It's like you almost don't see them in the same spots. I mean, I think they do have a home range and they do hang in that area. It's a fairly large home range, and so if you hear about a bull in that area, I'd hunt that area pretty hard. But man, I could not turn up any of these bulls that I hear, hear about. I'd hear about a bull, somebody would tell me where he saw him, and then I'd start focusing in that area and give it two, three days and just wouldn't be able to turn him up, just never see him. And I also saw a good shooter bull that I hunted for another two, three days after I saw him in that same area and just never turned him up, never laid eyes on him again. 
So uh, that was difficult. It seems like these bowls are such random sightings, and they just have lower densities in these mountains. And, and these are mountain moose. Like, I don't have any private permission. And sure, I mean, there there was a great big bowl hanging down the river bottom, another one hanging on this private piece. Like, like sure, if you had some good permission or if you're better at knocking on doors than I am, probably could have got some permission down there on the river bottom and uh, maybe seen some more consistent sightings. But uh, the beautiful thing about this unit is it's this healthy population of moose that, that, you know, a lot of them live up and in the mountains. And so uh, made it for a really cool hunt, hunting a lot of these mountain features, like hunting upwards of 10,000 feet a lot of times. And um, even late into the season, up high was really good for me. So started hunting, and I started seeing moose um, started seeing them rutting in October, which was really fun. And, um, you know, I'd see a cow or a calf and then spot a bull with them. And a lot of these bulls were just ones that didn't get me real excited. And, you know, I had, you know, I had a bunch of bulls that I passed three that I can remember that were three weekends in a row. And, and this is another place where I could have been better for this moose hunt is just knowing when it's going to get good. Like I took a week you know, we're 10 days in late September when the season opened thinking that I was going to get into moose and ended up spending a lot of that time elk hunting while also in moose country and making moose hunts. You know, I wasn't hyper focused on it as I knew I had time. But as it turned October, the hunting got really good and I got really busy. So I did get 25 to 30 days hunting moose, which is wild, man. That's a lot of days. Uh, but a lot of those days I'd go for the morning, I'd get back to work or I'd work all day. I'd take off early afternoon, go for the evening and then every weekend day. And then I was adding a day or two on the weekends a Friday or Friday and Monday, something like that. And then, um, so much time back and forth to my house that I ended up just sleeping in the mountains wherever I ended up, which worked really good. Other than that, um, other than that hiccup when I forgot my sleeping bag that I told you guys about at the end of one of those episodes, just such a moron. Uh, sometimes just running by the seat of my pants. I wish I was more organized and had a checklist, but I just, um, I spend so much of my time out there hunting and especially for this moose, I just had to give it effort. I had to be out there. And so I was just running by the seat of my pants, you know, pile of gear in the truck and, and go for it. So I did, I did have a mishap there where I felt like an absolute moron, but, um, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. So I piled on all my clothes and slept through the night, but I, I just kept after him. Like, um, you know, in this bow hunting realm or in this bow hunting world, I'm the bow hunter I am because I'm persistent. I just don't quit and I make mistakes and I, you know, um, uh, you know, maybe I'm not the the best moose hunter out there, but uh, if nothing else, I'm going to be persistent every free day. I'm going to be out there. And I, I learned these lessons through tough elk seasons. You know, I've had elk seasons where I've had, you know, last year I had 20 days into killing my bull. And 20 days in a season with work and with family is a lot. Um, so I'm just persistent. I spend the time out there. And same thing on this moose. I knew if I just continued to be out there, I would find one. And I I went through this period too. Like, um, you know, I said it as a joke to my buddies, but I said, um, I must be the worst uh, moose hunter out there. You know, I've hunted Alaska and Yukon and now Shiras, and I just couldn't find one. And it was frustrating. Like, uh, my buddies would go out, and I'd have a buddy that would see a shooter bull. And it's like, man, I haven't even seen a shooter bull in 15 days out. He'd run into one. I'd go look for that bull. I couldn't find him. 
And I, I was just starting to get frustrated. And so I made this joke to my buddies that I'm the worst moose hunter out there. And then I started repeating it by myself. And I found myself not putting forth the effort or not feeling like it was going to happen. And I really had to change that inner voice. And, you know, our inner voice is so important and it's so tough to change. It's something that we have to work on throughout our lives, you know. And so I just had to look at it and go, you know, I'm I'm a really good bow hunter. I'm um, uh, efficient and effective. Uh, I'm good at finding critters. I just need to take these skills and transpose them into moose. And so I started, you know, this better inner dialogue with myself, uh, not saying that I'm the worst moose hunter out there. I'm a bad moose hunter. You know, just saying it's a matter of time. I'm going to run into one. And, and sure enough, I started to find more. And then, um, you know, it's just putting forth that that effort of hunting and believing I'm going to find one. And then, you know, I just turn one up here and there and seeing a lot of cows, a lot of smaller bulls with them. I had three weekends a row, in a row where I, I passed bulls. Um, one bull I was still hunting through. And um, just materialized in the timber at 40 yards in this aspen draw. And I was quiet enough in and through there. He didn't see me uh, multiple times shooting at him. And he had um, just kind of smaller paddles and um, wasn't a great bull. Passed on him. I uh, was looking for a better one. Uh, the following weekend, let's see, what, what happened the following weekend? Gosh, I I passed, you know, there was quite a few of them. And, and um Oh, that's right. I was hunting with my buddy Chase, and um, we spotted a pretty good bull in a bottom that was with a cow. And um, took a look at him, and just not quite what I was looking for. Um, so we passed on that one, and then um, we got this huge rain and snowstorm. Like, usually we get it earlier October, came late October, dumped over a foot of snow in the mountains. And I thought, you know, I hate hunting in the snow. It's noisy. Uh, I'd, I'd much rather have dry dirt, but I was just looking for a change, just anything, just uh, reshuffle the deck, just make something happen, and it did. It started moving these moose around and uh, moving these moose to these travel corridors and these bottoms, and even though the rut was winding down, I thought, well, this is a, a good chance to, to keep after him and maybe find one, and so... Uh, we got all that, that foot of snow, couldn't see that day, the day before in the rainstorm, it rained all day long and I took my dirt bike like up this bottom and then, um, you know, up to, uh, where I could glass this bottom and in the willows and stuff and kind of covered that the one day, uh, uh, spent, you know, half the day or three quarters of the day cruising around looking for one while we had those rainy conditions. Next day was, um, big snow day where it dumped a foot. Couldn't see everything was fogged in, snowing like heck. So um, I just drove this main bottom, and sure enough, I looked down there and see a bull. And um, you know, he looked pretty good. He was outside his ears. Uh, there was a cow down there with him, and so uh, I didn't want to stare at him too long or spook him. And so kept cruising, and then parked my rig, and then made a play down in that bottom with my bow, and got down in there and I had that that cow at 20 25 yards and kept kind of moving around trying to get different angles and I remembered the bull was standing behind her just kept looking and then finally after you know 20 30 minutes of waiting sneaking around I finally busted that cow moose out of there and she took off and the bull wasn't with her where she, when she took off so I kept looking in there for tracks and couldn't really figure it out and um finally made a, a big enough circle or went behind that cow and cut that bull's tracks and that bull had left that cow and so um started on his tracks and I was just moving through that that willow brush 
which is noisy, deep snow, you know, which it wasn't crunchy yet, but it still makes that squeak or makes that noise moving through that snow. So as quiet as I was trying to be, I ended up blowing up that moose at close range, maybe 20 yards in the willow brush, watched him go up the hill. He had pretty good paddles. I thought, man, that's a good bull. You know what? I will track that thing all day long until I kill him. And, um, so I just got on his tracks and started tracking him and started still hunting his tracks, which, you know, just, just means that I started moving slowly and quietly and looking in front of me and trying to see him before he saw me. Uh, man, I tracked him for, for half a day, which, you know, this, this made for an exciting hunt. You know, here I spent all this time out to finally have a bowl that I want to shoot and um, chasing him with my bow and uh, tracking him through moose country felt pretty exciting. I, you know, I liked it. And uh, so I spent half the day tracking this thing, and finally right in front of me I see antlers, and I see that moose. And I'm trying to figure out, is he staring away from me or at me? And um, he was staring at me. He was like 25 yards. And I just took a close look, and he just wasn't the bull I was looking for. He... um you know, he had some paddles, but they were smaller. I think he maybe had like five points either side. I can't, I'm getting the bulls confused now, which one had which. I, I passed up one bull that was an 8 by 10 uh, but I think this one had five points either side and had paddles, but just didn't get me excited. It just wasn't the one. And um, so I walked away from him. He stood up at 25 yards, could have put an arrow in him, but um, just wasn't the one. So I kept hunting, and... Um, and I, you know, I, I get a, I got a hot lead on a bull up above my place here in this, um, real boggy country. Gosh, I must've made eight trips up there, 10 trips up there. It was so close that I could make an evening push up there, a morning push up there. So it's good. It's like, I, I heard about this bull, uh, and this was just through a friend of a friend, a friend, like one of Katie's teachers at the school knew I had a moose tag and he ran into somebody that had a video of a moose and said, Hey, Brian's got that tag, uh, reached out to me and then called that guy. And the guy was great, man. Um, his name's Chris. And, um, he just gave me like a bunch of great information about where he'd seen this moose and he had seen it like three times and had seen it and it was kind of running some private slash public, you know, he'd been on public, but he'd also been on private, but I could go look for him and make a quick hunt for him. And he looked like a good bull. He had a video of him that he sent me. And so, uh, hunted that bull quite a bit. I just couldn't catch up to him. Just never saw him. And I actually, after I killed my bull, I got a message uh, like a day ago, two days ago, that Chris said, hey, that bull's back, and um, and uh, he'd seen him in the deep snow, and uh, of course I'm tagged out, and I uh, wouldn't change anything, but um, yeah, that bull did show back up, so if I would have continued to spend my time, I think I would have turned him up and eventually arrowed him, or had a chance at him anyways, but um, so pass these bulls and just keep going and a lot of days of not seeing. I think I had 25 to 30 days into it. I actually, the moose I killed was my 40th moose. I actually ended up seeing 41. The day I went to pack out my moose, I found a pretty good bull in this spot where I've looked at a hundred times and I keep expecting to see a moose. And sure enough, there was a bull standing down in there. Uh, he's He was similar in size, had good paddles and a really good frame to him. He did only have five points either side, but sometimes those sh those Shiras will shoot like they uh, sometimes those Shiras like have low number of points 
like I saw a lot of moose with like five points, you know, it seems like that was fairly common, good paddles and good point length and things, good frame. And that's what that bull was. Um, pretty nice bull. Uh, I think I would have given him a go if I wasn't tagged out, but, uh, saw him down there. And so, man, it just kept going. And all these tough seasons, the, these tough elk seasons where I've got 20 days into him or the bear seasons, like, um, you know, it, it just gives me this, this, uh, tenacity or you know it it um it gives me the the strength to be persistent to just keep at out there just keep giving it effort and eventually it'll come together or it won't and I'll have a heck of a season where I hunted moose the whole time you know so I uh, just kept hunting and um got a free afternoon and um hunted up this this bottom and this bottom and it's just a magical place. Like it's, um, it's this winding bottom with willow brush and it's kind of hidden from the main roads. It just seems like those moose, you can see them from main roads, but there's so many guys out rifle hunting right now that there's so many guys cruising these roads. And if anybody sees a moose, they pause their truck, they look at it and then end up spooking that moose and goes off the road. And, um, so like, um, hunting these these roaded bottoms were not productive for me and so this bottom goes for a couple two three miles and then um just this meandering kind of lake to creek to willow brush just a great moose valley and so hunting up it and um I, I cut a couple tracks nothing real fresh that I wanted to get on you know within the last couple days but um just kept hunting up there and and uh man I, I get up and I'm about ready to turn around. I'm at the top of this drainage a couple miles back and um, about to turn around. And I thought, well, I'll just climb the hill, make sure nothing's in this little willow bottom. And as I start climbing the hill, uh, glass over and I see a moose body in. And it was a cow. And instantly I'm, I'm disappointed. You know, I can see the one moose. It's a cow. It's like, ah, yeah, well, found another moose. It's a cow. You know, at that point, I think that was number 38 or something. And, um. I was like, well, at least I saw a moose. Any day I can see a moose is a win. And, um, you know, if there's moose in this valley and I cut a couple tracks and saw a cow in here, you know, I can continue to hunt this and eventually it will turn up a bull. But I'll just um, keep climbing up the hill here and see what I see what I can find. So I keep climbing up the hill a little bit, look down there, and I see another body. Instantly I throw my binos down and I can see a paddle down there. It's a bull, and it's a good bull. Like, uh... The best one I've seen all season, the best one I've heard about all season, you know, from buddies or other people that have seen them. Like, I don't know exactly, you know, what my buddies saw when I get a report, but, um, you know, to me, this is the best bull I've seen. And so, man, it's go time. Finally see one, finally get to make a play here where I'm going to try to kill that thing. And there's actually another smaller bull, the big bull and a cow. And, um, so I drop down off the hillside, kind of slide down in the snow and there's deep snow. It's like a foot or 18 inches of snow and then willow bottom all the way to him in a creek. And my feet are already wet from crossing the, um, creek to get in there. You know, it was one of those things where I walked up and down it looking for a log and it's just an evening hunt. And finally I just had to go for it and cross. I didn't have my waders with me or anything. And so got my feet wet in the beginning, no big deal. And then, you know, start hunting this moose, but then I've got to hunt them through this bog and through this creek. And so my feet are soaking wet. Like I was close to, uh, having frostbite after I killed that moose. I got that, that, uh, the, the pins and needles when you're, when your feet warm up or when a body part warms up, 
and it just hurt. It's so painful. It's like almost itchy. It's it's painful, stinging. But I I had that after I shot the bull. But I I stalked this bull, and it's like the last thing I want to do is find a shooter bull and blow him out of country. Like I know moose aren't known for being the spookiest animal, and they're made for a bow and arrow. People say, but it's it would just be my luck that I finally find a bull I want and and kind of give him a stalk haphazardly. You know, like a uh, like a. Is it haphazardly or haphazardly? But uh, just uh, not put a full effort in, and they end up hearing me and ended up spooking. And throughout this moose season, like I've been pretty good at being able to still hunt into them, but I've also had a couple moose that I've just blown up, that I've been still hunting through, that I didn't see or that were bedded down that blew out for me. And once a bull decides to go or a cow decides to go, they can go a long ways. And so the last thing I wanted to do is find a bull I want to shoot and spook him out of country. And so I really had to stalk these moose like they were antelope. I couldn't make any mistakes. I had to get everything right. Like, this is my chance. This is the the chance, I've, the opportunity that I've been working for for 25-plus days to find a bull moose that I'm really happy with and to try to get an arrow in him. And, um, you know, it's—, it's um, one of those things where, uh, you know, I just, I use all these hunting instincts, all this, uh, the stalking skill set that I've gained over the years where it's like, okay, this is when it all matters. Like this is, this is my, this is my Super Bowl. This is my prize fight. This is my chance at a trophy bowl. And I can either be clutch and kill him or I can, I can mess it up and this bull will be gone and I'll have to continue to look. But so I had to stalk him like an antelope and I had a really good win from the moose to me. So I was I was stoked at the wind I had coming down this drainage, and so I started making a play. And there was at one point where I was close to those moose, where I felt that wind kind of shift around at the back of my neck, and all I could do was just plead with the hunting gods, like, "Oh no, come on, please no, please no," you know, like uh, just hoping my wind didn't drift to him. And a few seconds of a bad wind, and it turned back around and in my face. And I thought, "Oh my gosh, phew, I just barely." So the stock took like an hour and a half and I just had to play it like um, they were the spookiest animal on planet Earth, like I was hunting a coos deer or an antelope or something like that. And so I could kind of use that willow brush for cover, um, but still keep my eyes on those moose or at least one of them at a time. I, you know, I couldn't see three of them the whole time, but I could keep my eyes on the cow and the cow you know, it's probably the spookiest of the group. She'd just keep picking her head up and she'd pick her head up and she'd look for five minutes and I'd just have to hold still, you know, in the water, feet soaking wet and it's, you know, 30 degrees or 25 degrees out and I'd just have to freeze and just sit motionless and then she'd go back to feeding and then I'd start moving ultra slow, not making any noise, just making my way through this willow brush. And the tough thing was is I got in range of the cow and the smaller bull and the bigger bull was just off in the distance. So I, I couldn't get a shot at him or couldn't get close enough and couldn't get around these other moose to get a shot at him. And so I just had to continue to play the game. And eventually this cow and the smaller bull kind of fed towards the bigger bull, which gave me the opportunity to close ground. And I'd use this, you know, there was um, like a, a evergreen tree or like a fir tree in and through there. And, um, you know, finally they kind of got in this flat where I'm running out of willow brush's cover. It's wide open. And uh, wide open, but with willow brush that's maybe like calf high um, here and there, but um, no cover for me to sneak in. And so um, 
I started running out of cover, but I had one evergreen tree left. And so uh, kind of waited for the, the cow and the small bull to either have their head down, be feeding away from me, or when I could get them behind that evergreen tree, kept close and ground slowly but surely. And I could see that shooter bull. And at one point I started bending left to try to get a shot around the tree. I couldn't get a shot around the tree. And then this small bull started rubbing on this uh, stunted evergreen tree that was maybe six feet tall or maybe not even that, four feet tall, just this little tiny tree, and he started rubbing on it, and that big bull heard him or saw him and uh, came over, and we're in post-rut, like they weren't really fighting to try to kill each other, try to breed that cow, it was almost just like a like a sparring session, so that bigger bull came over and started sparring with that smaller bull and started racking horns, and you could hear those horns clinking together, and they're right in front of me you know, pushing each other around and I'm able to gain the last few yards to that, uh, evergreen tree. And so now I'm sitting at my outside bow range and, um, you know, I really wanted to get a moose close, like they're a big animal and, uh, they take a perfect arrow, but I had no more cover and they're sitting there sparring. And so, you know, you consider the options. It's like, do I try to take a shot here when he gets broadside Or do I continue to play the game, continue to stalk, and try to get another 10, 20 yards? So I was sitting out at about, well, I was sitting at 72. And, um, you know, at first, that bull, when he was sparring, he's just a little bit quartering towards where it isn't a perfect angle. And it's probably an angle where you can make that shot or I can make that shot, but it's a, you know, it's a... it's a small window like there isn't a lot of room for air if I hit back or if I hit forward I'm going to hit the shoulder if I hit back you know it could be you know uh, liver guts or something like that so I just didn't like that angle at that distance and so I just kept waiting and playing the game and cows moving over to my left and she's maybe 40 yards and I just I'm really stuck where I'm at I can't move and um, finally that bull pushes that other bull around and they're kind of button heads and he spins and he gets perfectly broadside. I thought this is my chance. Um, execute correctly and so uh, draw back and, and settle in. And it's wild like, um, you know, all this practice we do, all these arrows throughout season, keeping sharp. But it's just wild to me that, that this hunt that took me nearly 30 days you know, it all comes down to making a shot. It all comes down to my equipment, which I've been, you know, trudging around in the pouring rain and in the mud. And sure, I've taken falls and here and there. And I, you know, I've checked my dope on my bow and, and I've shot it. I I actually had to spend so much time hunting moose that I didn't shoot as much during season as I normally do. And, you know, this was a lesson learned, like, um, not a, not a lesson learned, but just a reminder for me that all these hunts come down to making a shot and having this archery skill set in your back pocket is so advantageous. And so, you know, I, I know I can shoot. I put in all the work this year in the summer and then during season to, to be shooting and knowing my bow's on. It just reminds me how important that during season practice is to keep sharp. But, you know, that was my opportunity. 30 days come da- comes down to a 72-yard shot on a big bull. And um, sat on my shot, did my job, executed my shot, didn't, you know, didn't have much wind or anything like that, and uh, put a perfect arrow in that bull. Perfect arrow back from the shoulder, uh, heart of the lungs. Uh, man, it hit that bull, and, and, and instantly, you know, it's so cold out and it's humid, I can see the breath, like, coming out that, 
that hole, like the breath from his lungs. And um, Bulls hurt bad right off the bat. It, it hit him good, and he he went about 20, 25 yards walking away from me, able to get another range, and he turns and gives me another broadside shot and uh, put another one in him at 95 or something through the other side of him. And so now he's breathing, and I can see air coming out both air holes, and so I know I've got him. And um, he was dead in seconds. I don't think he made it a minute alive. Um, after that second arrow, he took maybe a few more steps, laid down, and then um, that was it. Ah, 2022 moves down. It's just, man, it's so wild. Uh, uh, bow hunting is just such a trip. It's, um, you know, it's the, the greater the challenge, the greater the reward. And so uh, when I put this much into a moose hunt, and um, I mean, I... Yeah, you guys would not want to pay my gas bill this month. It was outrageous. I bet you I spent a couple thousand dollars in gas, but I just kept putting it in my truck. I kept putting forth effort, and then to have it come together on, you know, a Shiras of my dreams or a Shiras that I'm really happy with was just amazing. Oh, it's, it's um, you know, down at times or question my sanity at times, but to, to have it all come together and to arrow a big Shiras moose for my one opportunity, Adam, um, it just feels amazing, man. Um, no other way I can explain it. It just, uh, absolutely amazing when, when I work this hard at something and then it, then it comes together and the support of my family and support of my friends. And, um, man, it's a pretty special moment. So, you know, uh, recover my bowl and, Gosh, they're they're so big, uh, you know, probably a thousand pound moose or so. So there's there's no moving them around for pictures. He, you pretty much get pictures right where he at, right where he's at. And um, so yeah, I um, shot him right in the evening there. Take a few pictures, and then uh, I don't really. There's no firewood around where I can make a fire and work on them. And um, you know, I'm in tough shape too because my feet are wet and uh, ultra cold, and it's getting dark. Um, so it's going to be really cold that night, uh, decide the bowl is going to be okay. And I don't want to, you know, I could have got butchering, but then I have the cavity open and I have all the meat out, uh, which is going to create more smell in this area for wolves and for bears and things. And there's a lot of grizzly bears in this area, you know, and so definitely pretty nervous, but, um, have to leave that bowl and hike out. And then I've got a couple hour drive to my house. So I definitely get back late and then, um, uh, call my dad and then, um, my dad helped me pack them out the next day. I went in with my dad and then um, one of my workers that, that works for me, Tristan, who's a um, CrossFit kid, just in great shape and um, just the perfect guy to help out on a moose pack out. And uh, so we went in at daybreak the next day and uh, went and recovered my bull and then um, nothing had been on him, nothing had found him, which thank, thank goodness. And um, so we just got butchering and got packing them and got them out of that drainage or whatever. Um it's just amazing. A big animal. It's really nice to have help. It's like these elk and these moose. Uh, it's good to have friends. <laughs> it's like, and that's where I try to step up and help guys pack whenever they ask because uh, it is such a big task and it helps so much to have an extra hand. And so the three of us got that bull out of there. And man, that's my moose season. Just um, a great bull. He's got eight points either side, he's got nice big paddles. Um, uh, really good tine length, you know, uh, heavy palmated tines that come off them. 
Uh, just a great specimen, just a great representation of what a Shira's bull should look like. So I'm really excited to try the meat. I haven't tried it yet. Um, but man, it, um, came together. Persistence is deadly. It's like, um, just keeping out and keeping after him, keep putting forth effort, keep this positive mental talk and uh, just keep thinking I'm going to run into one. And then eventually, you know, it happens. And then able to be clutch on my stock, clutch on my shot, all those things that I preached throughout a year, all those things that I put so much importance on um, came into play on this hunt. So uh, it's just been an absolutely amazing season. It's, um, you know, a couple mule deer trips early, one at which I arrowed a great high country buck, uh, elk hunting, and then so much great time with family and friends. But then an elk hunt, able to kill a bull there, and then um, just got this amazing experience moose hunting. Like, I just, I wouldn't trade it for anything, like spending that many days out of field. Uh, you know, this combination of still hunting and running into moose, and then master vantage points was really, were really good. That was really fun. And, um just keeping the belief that I was that I was going to find one and going to get a perfect arrow into it. It's just amazing. So, moose out, and um, I actually got this moose down with like three days until I leave on this trip. So I've had this November trip planned for rutting mule deer, and I have to uh, sold my house, and so I have to move here. Um, I have to be out of my house by December 1st, so I pretty much got to spend two weeks getting out of this place, getting into the new place. So, pretty much burned from November 15th to December 1st for muley season. And it's, you know, it's such a great opportunity for me and my family. Uh, the new house is coming great. We're sheet rocking right now. In fact, I'm going to go on this muley trip. And then when I get back, the uh, sheet rock will be done. I got to paint it myself. So I'll get in there and paint it. And then I can start moving things into my garage. So I'm going to make my deadline there is get my, my house to a good shape. I've got, um, you know, Barney Construction has been so busy, but it's been good. The guys have been covering for me, and then I've been working as much as I can trying to get these two clients into a couple houses and get a couple checked off my list. And I'm I'm close, you know, I've just I've um, lost some workers this summer, and then, um, man, it's like I had all I could handle with as many guys as I had and then lose a couple guys. So we're really jumping around a lot, which, you know, adds stress to things, but, um, you know, just making it through and... Um, good clients and, and excited to pass off the houses. But yeah, so I have to move so between November 15th and December 1st. And so I'm shot there for muley hunting. So I plan this week trip and this week trip is going to span uh, two different states and um, going to go hunt muleys. It's a bit of pre-rut where I think, you know, closer to that 15th is definitely the peak of the rut. Um, but it's just the time I have and when I can sneak away and, uh, it, it's always good around that first part of the rut. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to take off, uh, today, which is the 29th through about the 6th. And, uh, we're going to try to capture on film. I got a new cameraman, Kobe. I'm super excited about In fact, He's probably traveling to my house now. Um, million things to do, uh, including getting this podcast out and then, um, get my truck, my truck packed up again, just running by the seat of my pants, trying to get that moose taken care of work done and then, um, get ready to go on this trip. But, uh, it's amazing, uh, work hard, play hard. And, um, this hunting season is this, 
this special time of year where we get to cut ourselves loose, cut our legs loose, and uh, go be immersed in nature. And I've been uh, really good at being present on my hunt this year, which is really important to me, is being present and enjoying the moment and not stressing out over some house I have to do or all the stuff I need to get done. Like, really being present and going, you know, Brian, this is what you love to do. Enjoy your time out here. Don't spend your time worried about something else. Be present in the moment, present in nature, and uh, go have some fun and give it full effort. And so that's what I'm going to do here this next week. I've got uh, guys covering for me, and so um, we'll continue to get things done. And, man, I'm going to go chase muleys. One of the funnest things on planet Earth is chasing, rutting muleys with my bow. Um, man, it's just action. And I, I hunt them a bit different than I hunt early season deer. Like early season deer, a lot of times I'm looking to bed them in their second bed, make a play on their bed, and I'll still cha- I'll still make a stock on a bedded buck but I just have to be more aggressive in this rut. Like I have to take opportunities as they come. And it's almost like I hunt elk. It's like, see a good muley buck I want to shoot, go over, try to get into him, try to relocate him, and then adapt to the situation I'm given. So I will stock him in their bed if I can find him there or if I can bed him down. But they move around so much this time of year. They bed in thick cover where sometimes I can't get a play or can't get a stock. And so I have to be a bit more aggressive on them. But um I'm just going to, I'll cover country, I'll use a, a combination of master vantage points and also a mobile vantage point where I'll move ridge lines or move drainages, get to a good spot, sit down, pick it apart, then keep moving on, and uh, trying to find where the does are at, and then hopefully find those bucks um, either in that area or with those does. And that's what makes it tough, it's kind of like elk hunting, it's... um. You know, I don't have to just outsmart the buck. It's about outsmarting all those does and all those eyes. And uh, they do such a good job at picking out danger. Um, Deer see movement so well. Uh, I just read a study on deer's vision. Um, It was really interesting. Like, uh, they can see 300 degrees around their head. Talks about being able to see while, while they're down feeding so they can actually catch you while they're down feeding. And just talks about how, like, we have 20-20 vision. I think they have 20-60 vision. Maybe I have that. I think I have that number right, 20-60. So uh, they don't see as much detail as we see, uh, but they catch movement really well. So, um, yeah, it's uh, uh, been shooting hard since that moose, uh, making sure I'm getting my arrows in, making sure I'm ready for this trip, ready to execute a good shot on a buck. And, Man, I'm just looking for a, a good, heavy, older age class buck that gets me excited. I mean, it doesn't have to be 200 inches by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, just going to go have some fun. Some fun. Um, you know, these late season hunts, it, it takes a toughness just to deal with the cold, uh, to, to deal with the, the snow. Um, in fact, the, the weather looks pretty good, but um, that cold just takes a different kind of toughness. <coughs> Excuse me, I had to um, cough and take a drink. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm drinking, um, I got some of that uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company Silencer Smooth is my go-to. Man, is that a good tasting coffee? And then I actually add like a little bit to my coffee. I add, um, I used to drink it black and it's the only way I'd have it and I love the taste of coffee. Uh, but I, my wife's been trying to get me to add stuff to my coffee for years and not add like a, like a sugary creamer, but add a... Uh, uh, it's called a heavy whipping cream or it's like a heavy fat and it has no sugar in it. It's all fat and add just a little splash of that to my coffee. 
it softens the taste just a little bit. It isn't like a sugary taste. Uh, softens the taste, which I really like. And then also, uh, it's pure fat, and so it gives my body something to burn in the mornings. And so I used to, like, if I drink too much coffee or drink only coffee and wouldn't eat breakfast, which I hardly ever eat breakfast, I would get this, what I call is like a coffee gut, which... Um, it's like this acidic gut that kind of hurts throughout the day even after I eat, and it was just miserable when I'd get it. Um, I noticed with this heavy cream or this fat uh, that my body has something to burn, and I don't get that acid gut ever, which is amazing. And it gives my body a little bit of fuel since I don't eat breakfast, gives me a little bit of fat to burn in the morning. The other thing it does is your body burns flat fat at a slower rate than it burns carbohydrates or that it burns sugar, and so... Uh, it's like this long, slow burn time on fat. And so what it does is your body, it takes a long time to process that fat. It's a slower, longer burn as far as energy. It also processes the caffeine that same way. And so instead of getting this this heavy jolt of caffeine and then coming down from it, it burns that caffeine longer and slower. At least that's what I've read. I really like it, though. Uh, but, yeah, they just make awesome coffee. So, um, yeah, just trying to get my coffee intake this morning. Going to be tired and worn out, but today's a travel day. And um, really got to get back to training as well. Like, I did a pretty good job in the early season. But once it got to be moose season, man, I just had to be so driven, spend all my waking time either moose hunting, working on my house, or working on construction. There just wasn't time for anything else. And, I know a lot of times that's an excuse like we have to make time to work out. And I was getting extremely good workouts while I'm hunting and backpacking and, um, you know, I'm burning so much, so many calories doing that. So I'm getting a good workout that way. But I, I am really excited to get back to CrossFit, get back to running and um, uh, just treat my body right. It seems like things get out of balance here hunting season, rightfully so. And I love it. I love being able to put full effort into something. But I do want to get back to um uh, to uh, training here full time, but um, yeah, get to fill out my moose tag and then go on this amazing deer trip. Couple states. Oh, I've actually got a uh, new cameraman coming, Kobe. Super excited about. And then um, uh, my buddy Dan and my buddy Dylan are gonna meet me. Um, I think they're gonna be a couple days behind me, but uh, we're gonna meet and all camp together. And uh, man, they're my bow hunting brothers. Um, I just I love those guys. I love spending time with them. I love laughing with them. Uh, we're just gonna have an absolute riot. So, um, really, I I don't need to kill a deer this season. It'd be nice to put together a good film uh, for you guys and also for Eastman's. I know they're fitting the bill for this cameraman. So I'd love to put together a film on a on a great mature buck. So we'll see if I can make that happen. But really, if I don't harvest anything else for the rest of the year, it was a heck of a season and made good on that moose opportunity, which has taken me 22 years to draw. So um, that's the one that that really feels good. Uh, yeah, bow hunting's just amazing. I just love the adventure of it and um, love the season and um, effort it requires and, and sacrifice, dedication. And uh, I love working hard towards my goals this whole off season of training hard and um, making things happen and then be able to, to reach my go my um, bow hunting goals is, is just amazing. And I know you guys feel that and you guys have had success this season. Um, it's just amazing that we found our passion something that we absolutely love and and then able to put this effort into it and and you know when you work so hard at something it means so much to me and so um and it's hard to even 
put into words to you guys like what it means, you know. But I know that you guys understand and hear me enough on the podcast that uh, you guys get it. It's not something that I have to uh, articulate or spell out or write a book about for you guys to feel or understand or to get. Um, you guys do get it because you um, live the same life I do, you know, this passionate, uh, full life of, of going hard. And it passes us by quick, man. It's like it's you know, we're, we're all going to die. And it's, it's not about focusing, you know, on that. It's about focusing on living the fullest life we can and making the most out of it. And that's each and every day. And that's, you know, engaging with my family, my, um, you know, throughout this time, I was also able to get my daughter out for a couple days of hunting, which was just amazing. And as important as this moose hunt was to me, it's more important that I get to spend quality time with my daughter. And so, uh, my daughters are getting older. My one's in college. She's doing great. And I've had to be better about really keeping in touch with her. Like, I'm not good at keeping in touch and I run so busy. So, like, I'm, I'm not, I don't send a bunch of check-in texts and uh, my, my good buddies can, can confirm this as well as I'm not the best at keeping in touch. You almost have to call me or, you know, if I, if we're planning something or if I think of a hunt, you know, I'm definitely calling those guys. But, uh, we, you know, I just don't keep in touch through Snapchat or I don't uh, send text. Hey, how are you? Or, you know, I'm just not the best at it, but I've had to get better because my daughter's away in college. And if I don't, then I don't get to talk to her or continue this great relationship that we've built over the years. So definitely making more of an effort to do FaceTimes and to do calls and to do text and keep in contact with her. And then super important to get my younger daughter out, um, you know, she really wanted to go hunting this year, and she's so busy with her volleyball and basketball and uh, softball and friends and schooling. She's speech, drama, and debate. She works a full-time job. Like, that kid keeps so busy, which I'm so proud of. But, you know, in turn, it's, like, tough for us to get out for an adventure. And so we did get a couple days, and she had to be back in the afternoon of the second day to make practice. And, you know, it's, like, always so busy. But um, we did get out. Uh, which was amazing. So put the moose hunt on hold, and then we went out hunting. They give a youth season here in Montana where they get two days where they can hunt with a rifle before the general opener, which is this awesome opportunity Montana does. And so, uh, yeah, able to get out with her. And, um, you know, we got out and practiced with the rifle and practiced shooting and shooting positions and feeling comfortable, make sure she's um, comfortable with that rifle again as it's, um, you know, we... We didn't get out as much this summer as I wanted to, so definitely had to make sure that we put in some rifle work and make sure she feels comfortable and confident with her weapon and familiar with it and things. And so we got out and practiced that. And then, yeah, we got out hunting and got out one evening. And um, I'd seen some whitetail bucks in this spot before, and so uh, I couldn't make it all the way back into the country I wanted to get to. And so I just said, all right, Katie, let's like go do a hunt in this spot. Like I've seen some bucks in here before. And so we got out there and didn't see anything, didn't see anything, few tracks around, and then coming back right in the evening, we catch three bucks, and two of them are shooters. So we get that excitement, and they don't see us, and we're able to use the topography, catch a good wind, and uh, make a stock on them. But we're kind of in the wide open, and they're over like a hump or over a ridge line, and we just keep getting closer and closer. And and um, so I, I keep taking my time, and she's taking her time. We're trying to sneak up, and got about 30 minutes left of light. And uh, we get to where we're 130, 140 yards, and I spot the the best buck of the group. And um, he's like a nice four-on-top, dark-horned, white-tail, like good mature buck, one she'd be stoked with. And then um, 
So he's like feeding and I can't get her a lay down rest, which is her best. Sitting is her next best. We can't get that position because of the rise of the hill. Uh, you know, we can't really get much closer to get those shooting positions. And so, you know, I've got shooting sticks with me and, uh, those swagger sticks. And so I set those up and then, um, I go, okay, here he is. Like he's 130, 140 yards, which is a heck of a shot for her. Like I, I'm not even so sure that she could make that shot off a standing, uh, from our practice, you know, it's like, but you know, here's this buck, we can't really get any closer, and it's like, well, get on the sticks and see how it feels, and these girls are so good about uh, relaying information and, like, listening to instruction, and um, so, you know, my plan is is to get her on the sticks and see how it feels and talk to her and see how her aiming's going and see if she can hold on there to execute a good shot on this buck or not. Uh, standing shot on the sticks, and so I start putting her on the sticks, and so she's just getting up on the sticks, and here comes that other shooter buck, and he walks up this this ridge line. He walks up 25 yards from us and just keeps walking at us 20 yards. I said, oh, my Katie, she's, he's right there. Just move real slow. And so he doesn't see us, and she moves ultra slow, and she gets on the sticks, and then she gets over to that buck. I had her scope on six power to shoot that buck at 130, 140 yards. Well, now this buck is 17 yards and she's on six power. And so she's trying to look through the scope and she can't find them. All she can see is grass. You know, it's these kids have to learn these killer instincts and target acquisition and all these things that come natural to us guys that have been hunting all the time. You know, these kids have to learn. And um, even though she's she's had a bunch of experience with rifle and shooting and uh, killed some deer, it's like it's still, it's just not second nature to her. And so, you know, she's trying to find this buck, but she's on six, seven power can't find she's dead and dad i can't see him can't see him and by this time the deer sees us and is on to us locked on to us at 17 yards staring at us and um can't see the buck and then the the buck starts to spook off and so i reach up and grab her scope and twist it to three power she finds the buck in her scope he stops broadside at maybe 30 yards or 35 yards and uh, she gets on him and then um the buck spooks before she can get a shot um but um so awesome it's like um we got this close encounter this close stock this um this adrenaline rush like the reason why we hunt is for this excitement you know and and uh i got to see her shaking and see that adrenaline rush in her which i've seen before but it was um it i i could uh you know it's so present right there we were so close and it was such an intense encounter with that buck walking up and trying to swivel off the tripod that you know she was just uh uh, beside herself like uh, I could see that adrenaline dump happen to her and see that excitement and so you know we just talked for a bit and I said you know that's why we hunt it's like that excitement like that's what we're out here for you know that was an uh, amazing experience that we got close and you know here's what we what we could have done better I could have had your scope on this but we were shooting at this deer here uh, you know, target acquisition we talked about a bit, but you know, nothing negative, all positive for and in and basically it's like I just love her and want to spend quality time with her and want her to get that excitement and share what I love with her. And that was like a great window into what I love with her. So it was amazing. Um, buck spooked, we didn't get a shot. You know, they got out there a couple hundred yards and just um wasn't a good shot that she can um uh, felt comfortable with and so um let the bucks go and then we did like an overnight trip. So um drove up that night and we camped out, had dinner together, cooked some burritos and just kinda hung out with each other talking about 
you know, school and friends and sports and um, talking about life. And um, that's like this amazing quality time that I get to spend with her. Next day we get after it. She's actually got a doe tag and a buck tag. And um, so we start hunting the next day and there's a bunch of deer that are going to come back onto this public. And so we started hunting that spot. I mean, there was a white-tailed doe that we could have bailed out of the truck and probably shot, but it's just, that's not the experience I'm looking to give her. Um, you know, it's like, I, I just, um, so we just keep cruising by and I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll sneak around them and see if we can make a play. And so then we, we parked and made this play up on this ridge line and up through these canyons and coolies where these white tails were kind of going back into. And we had the, had an amazing hunt that morning and we actually spotted four or five deer that were working up the hillside across from us about 125 yards, able to get her a lay down rest. And uh, need to work on our movements a little bit, you know, as we start to get a lay down rest. There's just a lot of movement there to get down behind the gun and behind the pack, which, you know, we talked about. And I told her about how deer see movement and things, but tried to get behind the rifle on these deer and they kind of caught that movement. So they started working up the hillside, you know, not running, but moving at a pretty good clip. And, um, you know, they'd stop in between trees or in between brush, but we just couldn't get a good beat on one to put one down. Uh, we actually had a couple more does that we got into. Same thing. They were just moving through the brush. Didn't know we were there. Got her behind the rifle and just never got like a really good shot at them. So um, we went home empty handed, but had like this great adventure, great couple days hunting and then got her back to practice, you know, with, with 15 minutes to spare or something, you know, right out of her hunting clothes into her volleyball practice. And um, off she goes to work after that. And, um, uh, she's, she's just so busy. I mean, um, it's, it's wild to see a kid that busy, but they're good when they're engaged and they have a lot of activities. And so, uh, you know, she's living her best full life, which is amazing and what I want. And, uh, we were trying to plan a trip. Uh, my uncle and cousin are going to come over around the 12th and, um, I can't hunt the whole week with them, but going to try to hunt a couple days. That's like before my 15th move date. And, uh, so I told Katie, I said, you know, I've got a pretty good spot. Like we should go out for the weekend and, you know, she's not going to be able to make it. She's got a speech drama and debate and she's got to work. And, um, so she can't make that trip, but, um, I told her, I, you know, we've got a good spot here around the house and some good whitetail spots, some good muley spots. And I just told her, I said, you know, any free morning or free evening, like, let's get out and keep chasing them around and talk about persistence. And, um, you know, I think she wants to kill a buck. You know, I don't know. She's got so many other uh, irons in the fire. I think it's more about spending time with dad than it is killing a deer. But, um, you know, I think she would like to kill a nice buck. And so, um, yeah, hopefully we're going to get another day or two out and, um, be able to spend some more quality time with her so uh, that was super fun and um yeah it's just been this this great fulfilling season and um man i just want to end it right end it with this muley trip with a couple good buddies and uh i think i do have a hunt in december as well a couple of my hawaii boys are coming out and um just great guys great hunters sean uh, my buddy sean killed a hell of a bull this year which was just amazing out of a tough unit and then um, uh, also my buddy Robin killed a bull. Um, super pumped for him. He did a solo adventure and then killed a bull. Those guys are just, um, they're great hunters and they're getting to be really good elk hunters. Um, not getting to be, they are. But I get to hang out with those guys and share a muley rut hunt. So we're going to go do that in December. So uh, hopefully if um, I can get my uh, 
get all moved and hand over this house and uh, get some clients taken care of, you know, um, we'll go spend a few days with those guys as well. So a couple more hunts coming up that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, this one that I'm leaving today is going to be amazing. So, um, leave, meet my buddy Dan and Dylan over there and, um, go chase bucks during the rut with my bow, which is so thrilling, so exhilarating, so fun. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, but just, um, I'm living my best life as well. Uh, what a great hunting season. Um, so fortunate. Um, so humbled by how tough that moose was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but able to get one that I'm really happy with in the end. So, um, thanks so much for all the support guys and, um, kind words and encouragement help along the way. Anybody that was in that unit that saw a moose, uh, shot me a message, which was really kind. And, um, man, it's what makes the world go round. So, um, Appreciate you guys and uh, wish you the best of luck with the rest of your guys' season. And um, man, with that, check in with you guys next week.